0: It's Wednesday, October 16th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. The NBA and China have been in a weird spot since Houston Rockets GM, Daryl Morey, tweeted support for Hong Kong's pro-democracy protesters. Now, NBA star LeBron James has weighed into the controversy, and it might've made things worse after saying that Morey was misinformed. Mike Sykes, sports reporter for Axios, joins us for the latest in the NBA's troubles with China. Next, we watched all three hours of the Democratic debate so you didn't have to. Kicking off the whole thing were questions about impeachment, and it led to former Vice President Joe Biden defending his and his son's actions with regards to Ukraine. Senator Elizabeth Warren, feeling the front-runner status, defended herself from all sides and struggled on how she would pay for her Medicare for All plan. And of course, Senator Bernie Sanders had to answer questions about his health, and whether he can keep going in the race, to which he teases a special guest at an upcoming rally. Sources say AOC will be endorsing him. Amy Parnes, senior political correspondent at The Hill, joins us to break down the Democratic debate. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in.
1: I don't want to get into a, a, word, uh, a word, or sentence uh, feud with Daryl, um, with Daryl uh, Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on on, on the situation at hand. And um, and he spoke. And uh, so many people uh, could have been harmed, uh, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually. Joining
0: us now is Mike Sykes, sports reporter at Axios. Thanks for joining us, Mike.
1: No problem. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: China and the NBA have been in a weird space ever since the general manager of the Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey, sent out a tweet in support of Hong Kong pro-democracy protests. It set off a bunch of different things. A lot of people were waiting for LeBron James to say something because he's very outspoken on a lot of social issues. He did say something, and it kind of caused the whole other uproar. Mike, let's start off by reminding us what happened with Daryl Morey and all the effects that took place after that.
1: So Daryl Morey, a couple Fridays ago, nine days ago, actually, he tweeted an image on Twitter saying, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong while the Houston Rockets were on the way to China. In the aftermath of that, Mori deleted the tweet first, and then Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta issued a statement via his Twitter accounts, essentially kind of separating Daryl Morey from the Houston Rockets in, in terms of opinion. Not uh, he He's not fired. He still has his job. And so the aftermath of that kind of led to this entire conversation about how the NBA uses social media and what the ramifications of the NBA working in China
0: are. And Yeah, because the, a, lot of, a lot of Chinese companies started pulling their sponsorships. They enacted a media boycott of the NBA and the Rockets were out there. The Lakers were out there and the Nets were out there. They did like they were supposed to hold all sorts of events and they didn't do any media throughout this time because everybody was trying to like rush to handle the situation.
1: Right, absolutely. And it was the weirdest thing. There was this radio silence that you were getting from NBA teams and their players. And then like a few days after that, leading into yesterday, we got word of these leaks about frustrations that NBA players had with Maury's tweet, not the sentiment behind it but the ramifications of it while they were actually in china that's a different conversation i think than the content and ramifications of the tweet
0: right and this leads us into lebron james and a lot of people were waiting for him to say something especially since they were out there during that whole hubbub that was going on and that's kind of where lebron james was going at he he was trying to make a larger point about maury's tweet could have endangered players On their way out there, I think the Lakers were in the air when that tweet went out, so they landed and the uproar was already going.
1: Like you said, that was part of the problem with the timing of Maury's tweet. I think the issue that is arising that maybe we're not talking enough about is the timing aspect of all of this, but it's so complex and so complicated. There's not many things that people can do to appease both sides. Right. Here, right? And and
0: the bottom line, I mean, it, Maury is a singular person and we don't know the motivations for the tweet or not. He does have free speech and he can say what he wants, when he wants. So that kind of is another little sticking point there. So let's get into what LeBron James actually said, because this is what kind of reignited a bunch of controversy again now. And now there's people in Hong Kong that are burning LeBron James jerseys and saying that he's all about the money and he doesn't care about real issues. What did LeBron James say?
1: Yeah, so LeBron James essentially said that Daryl Morey was uneducated and uninformed about the events that are taking place in hong kong and said that he could have at least waited a week quote to send the tweet that he sent which i guess again as, as far as the logistical aspect of it with the players being in the nba like i understand that sentiment but even if he sent this tweet a week later the same results would happen which would right. be that some Chinese businesses would cut the NBA out, right? And so I I think the the problem still persists. But that was in a nutshell what LeBron said. It it sounds like he had an issue with what Maury was saying, both from the logistical standpoint of things and also from the business aspect of things with the NBA. And then he later issued a clarification saying that Essentially reiterating that Maury does have free speech, but I didn't think there was much difference between the clarification that he issued in his first statement. (laughs) Right.
0: When he's talked about the free speech part of it, he says, hey, we just got to be careful what we tweet, what we say and what we do. Yes, we have freedom of speech, but there can be a lot of negatives that come with that as well. And, and and he's talking about those implications, maybe endangering players and whatnot while they're on the road. But that's really still what led to this uproar. And a lot of people in Hong Kong are saying, hey, when it comes to freedom of speech that affects the business of the league, he doesn't support it. We know that LeBron James has a lot of ties to China through Nike and other business ventures. So a lot of people were just really angry at what he said.
1: Which is understandable from a certain aspect, because I think what we've seen from LeBron, as far as the uninterrupted stuff that he does the more than an athlete stuff that he does, and just generally speaking, like Le- LeBron is, is kind of the guy who has been at the forefront of social issues when it comes to the NBA. Like this was the guy who was on that Miami Heat team that decided to wear hoodies in solidarity right. with Trayvon Martin right back in 2013. This is a guy who was openly said that he supports Colin. Kaepernick and his fight against social injustice and wants him to have an NFL job, which on the surface doesn't seem controversial, like you want one of your friends to work, but like we all know the situation that comes with that. And so I think what's happening in China and what LeBron's stance was very much does run against what we're used to with LeBron, but I think this is also a much more complex issue than just. LeBron picking a side and sticking to it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. It is a much more complex thing. And you're not going to make anybody happy. You say one thing, the protesters would be mad. You say another thing, the Chinese government is going to be mad. And (laughs) And for his part, LeBron James did make it pretty clear. He said, I felt with this particular situation, it's not something I was informed enough about. And that's a little bit of a refreshing honesty, at least to say, you know, I can't comment on this because I'm not versed in that. But issues here at home, which you were talking about, things that he really cares about. He did mention those. So it is a tough spot, but we'll have to see what happens next. I mean, this is going to be going on for a little while. The season is just getting underway, so it's going to be a topic of discussion for some time. Mike Sykes, sports reporter at Axios. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Look,
1: my son's statement speaks for itself. I did my job. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. No one has indicated I have. We've always kept everything separate. Even when my son was the attorney general of the state of Delaware, we never discussed anything. So there'd be no potential conflict.
0: Joining us now is Amy Parnes, senior political correspondent at The Hill. Thanks for joining us, Amy. Thanks for having me. We had another debate for the Democratic presidential hopefuls. There was 12 people on stage at Otterbein University in Ohio. Uh, this was the largest debate stage ever, they kept saying. <laughs> so a lot of people mm-hmm. to to hold on that stage. Um, right away, right off the bat, things got started with impeachment talk and the whole uh, Trump-Ukraine-Biden thing going. Uh, a lot of the candidates all basically in support of the impeachment inquiry and uh, impeaching and removing president Donald Trump. Um, I want to start off with this clip of vice president, uh, former vice president, Joe Biden saying that his son did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. And then we'll get into some analysis after that. Look, my son's
1: statement speaks for itself. I did my job. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. No one has indicated I have. We've always kept everything separate, even when my son was the Attorney General of the state of Delaware. We never discussed anything. So there'd be no
0: potential conflict. How did the Vice President handle this question?
2: I think he came out very strong. Uh, This was one of the things that he had to answer. It was sort of looming large over his campaign in recent weeks um, since the impeachment. Um, And so I, I think he had to kind of appear to be strong. But it's something that, you know, he is spending a lot of time talking about right now. You saw his son out there today talking to ABC about it. Now he's spending time doing it. He kind of has to appear very strong on this, though. And um, But, you know, I, I do think that in many ways the vice president didn't really have a great performance overall because I think he wasn't sort of at the center of things anymore. And that is a dynamic that changed since the last debate.
0: One uh, quick aside, uh, you mentioned Hunter Biden coming forward and talking uh, in that interview with ABC News. Uh, you know, they asked him a range of questions. I think one of the most pertinent questions was, um, you know, what qualifications did you have for being on this board of Burisma? And he says, well, I think I had just as many qualifications as anybody else on that board. (laughs) So how do you think Hunter Biden's response was to this whole controversy?
2: Well, it's definitely giving Republicans an opening today. I was receiving lots of email from people in rapid response and the um, GOP and the White the White House, um, Trump's campaign, um, they, it's giving them a little bit of an opening to sort of say, okay, he, um, you know, he is sort of admitting that he kind of used his father's name to get to where he was, and so it's something that they're going to keep pushing the Biden campaign about. And, and and this is sort of what the Biden campaign doesn't want. It, it's not where it wants to be. He, it does not want to be playing defense on an issue like this.
0: Back to the debate. Uh, everybody had signaled that Senator Elizabeth Warren was the new front runner coming into this. She had started polling better. And I mean, you know, the price of polling better, you have to be on the defensive. But nearly... I mean, just by, uh, you know, over just by listening to everything, I felt like almost all the questions were geared with a Warren angle. You know, please comment on uh, this plan. Please. uh," You know, Elizabeth Warren has said this. Do you think this is the right approach also? Uh, Most notably, when they started talking about the economy and then taxes and then Medicare for all, uh, I felt like Warren stumbled a little bit. She struggled on how to explain whether middle class people would pay more in taxes.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's something that um that Vice President Biden tried to push her on, uh, particularly on Medicare for all. It's something we saw in the last debate as well. He was sort of you know trying to poke holes in the fact that she doesn't know how she would pay for it. She's still been very light on on that, and I think that is something that they'll continue to push her about, and she'll continue to have to find a better response in what she has been saying.
0: I want to play a short clip of Senator Bernie Sanders. Saying that taxes will go up and then uh, just kind of, I mean, I think that was one of the things that put Warren on the defense even more because their plans are so similar. Here's Bernie Bernie Sanders.
1: At the
2: end of the day, the overwhelming majority of people will save money on their health care bills. But I do think it is appropriate to acknowledge that taxes will go up. They're going to go up significantly for the wealthy. And for virtually everybody, the tax increase they pay will be substantially
1: less, substantially less than what they were paying for premiums and out-of-pocket expenses.
0: This is one of the issues for Democrats that's really important. And really, there's a lot of similarities on uh, uh, with the candidates across the board. I think this is one of the issues where they differ a lot m- only in how to pay for these things and how to approach it. Um, Bernie Sanders, he said, hey, taxes are going to go up. Elizabeth Warren didn't really want to say that that was going to happen for the middle class. Instead, she said, I'm not going to sign a bill, a bill that will increase taxes on the middle class.
2: Right. She's, very, she's being very careful about how she words this. And it's intentional, obviously. I think she's been trying to make inroads lately, especially with moderate voters and black voters. Uh, these are two camps that she hasn't really done very well with is beginning to to see some traction. And I think she needs to be careful. There's still this perception that she cannot um, appeal to moderate voters. And this is sort of an uphill climb for her. And it's sort of why she has to carefully watch what she is saying and how she says it.
0: Mayor Pete Buttigieg had a pretty decent performance. He clashed with Beto O'Rourke on guns as Beto was struggling to say exactly how he would be confiscating guns from Americans. He also had a good exchange with Representative Tulsi Gabbard on foreign policy and Syria. Here's a little clip of Pete Buttigieg on that front.
1: Well, respectfully, Congresswoman, I think that is dead wrong. The slaughter going on in Syria is not a consequence of American presence. It's a consequence of a withdrawal and a betrayal by this president of American allies and American values. When we think our only choices are between endless war or total isolation, the consequence is the you, disappearance Mayor. of U.S. leadership from the world stage, Senator- and that makes this entire world a more dangerous place.
0: Senator- Did uh, Pete Buttigieg have this breakout moment that he needed during this debate?
2: I think he, we definitely saw a new side of him. You know, we in in past debates we saw that he is sort of well versed on policy issues, and he has a pretty good presence on the stage. But tonight, I think we saw almost a, a stronger kind of tougher Pete Buttigieg. And that is sort of, you know, it kind of dovetails with what the electorate wants right now. They want to see if who has the electability factor and who can be tough enough to take on Trump. That is kind of the second factor that voters are looking for. And I think a lot of people sort of you know, they never saw the side that we saw tonight. And, and he was trying to kind of prove that he can take on Trump, that he not only has the policy chops and ideas, but that he does have the toughness uh, to go after uh, the, uh, his fellow candidates um, on on stage and competitors on stage.
0: You just said, I think it was the perfect segue. Who can be tough enough or healthy enough to take on Donald Trump? We all know that Senator Sanders just came off of having a heart attack this is his first event since that he's been laying low that was obviously a question that came up here's that quick interaction with Bernie Sanders saying he's all right
2: Senator Sanders oh, I want to start uh, with you I want to start we're, we're moving on Senator I'm, I'm sorry I'm feeling great but I would like to well, respond to that question. I want to I want to start by saying
0: There, there was definitely flashes of classic Bernie. He got very excited talking about healthcare, very excited about, uh, you know, the, his revolution that he wants to uh, accomplish. Uh, by all accounts, it seems like he's doing all right.
2: Yeah, I mean, he definitely had a very I, I think the big question around Bernie Sanders uh, coming into tonight was, can he sort of show that he, you know, wasn't down um, down and out about a week ago and didn't have a heart attack? And he kind of proved that he could. He little, even the last debate performance, he was a little scratchy at a uh, kind of a, I don't know if it was a sore throat or something, but it seemed like he had a cold. He didn't have a great performance. I thought tonight he had a really strong performance and showed that he um, came back with a vengeance. And he kind of hinted and alluded to the fact that he's going to have A big um, crowd in New York and um, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez is apparently going to endorse him there and so that will give his campaign some momentum as well going forward
0: and she's very popular with young voters so i i mean it seems like a good pairing and and a boost to bernie's campaign who has signaled he is strong enough and is going to continue there um just to cap this all off uh winners and losers who do you think came out on top and and did the best who do you think didn't do so good and and maybe falling by the wayside soon
2: i think definitely poop Pete Buttigieg was a, a big winner. Amy Klobuchar was a winner. I would also say that Bernie Sanders was a winner because he did, as we talked about, kind of come out strong and prove that he um, is, is back and um, is, is up for the challenge. Um, I, I do think that Joe Biden kind of falls into the loser category. I think this was a night where he could have you know, taken charge and dominated. He is at the center of this whistleblower um, complaint and he could have kind of turned it around on Trump um, stronger and, and made a better um, kind of had a better appearance. I don't think he did that. I think there were times where, you know, he was sort of missing on stage. And I think part of that is because Elizabeth Warren did yeah. kind of get the front runner um, status in this debate.
0: Yeah, everything definitely was geared towards her. So we'll see what happens in the next few days, polls and and fundraising, and see who really does come out on top. Amy Parnes, senior political correspondent at The Hill. Thank you very much for joining us.
2: Thanks so much.
0: That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment. Give us a rating and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Daily Dive was produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez and this was your Daily Dive.